Trigger warning, this podcast episode mentions suicide and suicidal ideation briefly. If this is triggering, please feel free to skip this episode or reference the show notes below to bypass this section. Your health comes first. If you are currently struggling with your mental health, please seek out professional guidance. And welcome back to another episode of the Radiate with Rita podcast. I am your host, Rita Utterback, and this week's episode is going to be a little bit more of a vulnerable one. But before I dive in, I am pre-recording this, but when this episode launches, it will be the very first Tuesday of March, and March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. So over the course of the next few weeks, you are going to be learning a little bit more about my story, and you're also going to be hearing the story of some other women with endometriosis. In these episodes, I'm going to be interviewing fellow health and fitness coaches in the wellness space who struggle with endometriosis, have them share their stories, and then we're also going to be talking about things that will be relatable to other people who do not have endometriosis. So even if you do not have endo, you will still find value in the upcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. So as I've talked about before, I was diagnosed with endometriosis about 12 years ago, and I will say I was pretty fortunate in the fact that I got my diagnosis rather quickly. However, it has definitely been quite the ride. You know, I, full transparency, I didn't really have super painful periods in my preteens. I didn't really have a lot of pelvic pain or any issues like that until I went off to college. So before I went off to college, I got on the pill and I was on the pill for about a year or so before I started having pelvic pain and pain outside of my periods. It wasn't just a painful period. I would bloat like and look super pregnant at any time of the day. And this was pretty regularly. You know, at the time, my doctor was just not really convinced that I had endometriosis. And I had to go see a couple different specialists to get some other things ruled out, like some bladder issues, like interstitial cystitis, which I know some of my endo babes are pretty familiar with. And then I also was seen by a gastroenterologist and received a diagnosis of quote unquote IBS. And after all of that, after receiving those diagnoses, getting some procedures done and being put on some medications to help improve my symptoms, I was still experiencing pelvic pain. So I ended up going back to my OB and I was like, hey, I'm still having all of this pelvic pain. You know, despite the fact that I saw these other specialists, I had these, you know, procedures performed and I'm still not having relief. And he decided to perform the diagnostic laparoscopy in order to diagnose endometriosis. The kicker, which I did not mention, is I actually had surgery a year prior for a super painful ovarian cyst. And at that time, no endometriosis was found because of the fact that I had had surgery a year prior. This was why my doctor was super hesitant about performing another surgery because he said he did not see any endo at the time and did not believe that I could develop endometriosis with in a year. But he was wrong. And bless his heart, he did admit it after the surgery and told me he would probably never doubt another woman with endometriosis again, thank God. However, it was still a very frustrating time for me, just kind of being in limbo for that year, struggling and going to the doctor and being told, no, there's no way you can have endo. But 
again, I will say compared to a lot of other endo women um, whose stories I've heard, I am pretty grateful in the sense that it didn't take me super long to get my diagnosis. But my biggest struggles with endo came after my diagnosis. The treatment options that were presented to me were just not really helpful and not very sustainable for where I was at in life. I received my diagnosis at 20 years old. So when I was 20 years old in college, not even supposed to be thinking about children or menopause, I was having Lupron thrown in my face and you know, being told that this was going to be my chance at having a normal life. And if I wanted to preserve my fertility, if I wanted to be able to have kids one day, I wanted to have a pain-free life, then I needed to take this drug. I was 21 years old and I was hearing this and honestly, like I just did what the doctor told me. I did not know any better. I, you know, we did not really have, I don't think Instagram was a thing back then. So it's not like I could get on social media and connect with other women who had endometriosis or learn from, you know, other practitioners or people who specialize in endometriosis. So I did what I was told and I went into medically induced menopause at 21 years old, you guys. And while for a time it did help with my symptoms in terms of pain, it definitely impacted my mental health severely and I ended up struggling with a lot of physical health issues afterwards as a result. I started having a lot of GI issues. I was having a tremendous amount of hot flashes and if you've taken Lupron or Orlissa, then you know what I'm talking about here. And I was just, ugh, it was just not great. My mental health was significantly struggling. And then I had to take some kind of add back therapy in addition to the Lupron. So I'm sure that add back therapy, which was essentially like another birth control pill, I'm sure that was not really helping um, with all the hormonal symptoms that I was experiencing while I was on Lupron. I did several rounds of this medication and if you are an endo warrior and you know about Lupron, you know the side effects and the implications of this medication. You might also know that this medication was actually not deemed safe for women. It was actually a drug that was created for prostate cancer and the clinical findings were actually tampered with. This medication was not supposed to be approved for women to use um, and unfortunately it is still on the market today. Thank you, Big Pharma, but not going to dive into that in today's episode. But anyways, in between all of these rounds of Lupron, I did a lot of different kinds of hormonal birth control. And when I say a lot of different kinds, I mean your girl has literally probably taken almost every kind of hormonal birth control under the sun. And literally, I kid you not, I had a side effect from every medication that I took and my doctor just kept trying to offer me a different pill. There were many times I was expressing the fact that I was severely depressed and at times even suicidal. I literally expressed these feelings multiple times, the side effects I was experiencing, and the only solution was to throw me on another pill. Can somebody please tell me what kind of sense that makes? Anyways, so after years of being put on pill after pill, literally being so severely depressed that I literally can't take care of myself, I can barely feed myself, which is just further driving my endo symptoms, your girl was not really doing well. So I ended up just feeling super frustrated, super defeated, and just really did not feel like conventional medicine was set up to truly help me. I literally, honest to God, remember asking my OBGYN, why on earth he was putting me on a birth control pill that had estrogen in it when I had an estrogen dominant disease? 
And y'all, when I say he could not give me an answer, he could not give me an answer. Realistically, if you have an estrogen dominant disease or a disease that's driven by estrogen, when you're adding more estrogen into your pool, that has the potential to further drive your disease or your painful period symptoms or other symptoms of estrogen dominance. And that was just so crazy to me. But anyways, I am getting off track here. But I, it took me many years, y'all. I spent very many years just frustrated, angry, sad, hopeless, and just felt like my body had betrayed me. I got to a place where I felt like I could not be helped by the people that were supposed to help me. And I just felt like it was just me, you know, against my body. And I was just going to be in pain all the time. The narrative that was being fed to me was that this was a lifelong chronic pain disease that would strip me of being able to have kids and I would have to get my uterus taken out or I'd have to take these, you know, super life impairing and, you know, side effect inducing medications in order to quote unquote preserve my fertility and quote unquote give myself a better life. But nobody was ever taking the time to educate me on all the different things that I could be doing to better improve my symptoms. Nobody was saying, hey, Rita, let's look at your diet. Let's look at what you're eating, how you're speaking to yourself. Are you exercising? Let's look at your environment. Are you being exposed to a bunch of environmental toxins? Do you have mold in your apartment? These things can make a huge difference when it comes to endometriosis symptoms. And you guys, it has been a long journey for me. I literally everything that I know today, I self-taught or I learned from other people who know more than I do. I learned from other women who have endometriosis. I learned from functional practitioners who have endometriosis that specialize in endometriosis. And I've learned from so many period and hormone experts just so I can learn how to better support my body and my hormones. And y'all, nowhere in the literature, nowhere on any of these Instagram accounts or in any of these books or in any of these conversations with these endo women that I was having did I read or find any information about how I needed to be taking the pill or taking Lupron in order to better manage my endometriosis symptoms okay and you guys Yes, these medications can be super helpful. I am never, ever, ever going to be the person that tells somebody that they shouldn't take something. If this medication is providing you relief, I 100% want you to have it. But I also want you to know your options. I also want you to understand that hormonal birth control comes with its own list of hefty side effects. And some of these side effects can actually further drive endometriosis. All right, so the medication that you're thinking that you're taking to help you could actually be harming you, right? In the sense that it could be making your symptoms worse. And you might not actually be feeling it in the moment because your symptoms are currently being masked, all right? But endometriosis is not a period disease. It's not a hormone disease. It is a disease that affects the immune system. It is a disease that impacts digestion, all right? It's going to take so much more than hormone suppression to better manage endometriosis symptoms. I don't know a single endo girl who does not have gut issues, you guys, and the birth control pill can wreck digestion. So for me, just taking the time to learn about all these things, taking the time to just research and study and try a lot of these things on myself, I started to notice a major improvement in my symptoms. And I am by no means like in remission with my endo. I still have endo flares. 
I definitely am still on a gut healing journey. And if you guys are following me on Instagram, then you guys are pretty familiar with what I've been going through. But my quality of life has improved. Does it definitely still have room for improvement? Sure. But it, it has improved so much. And I cannot forget where I started and where I'm at now because, y'all, it is completely different. I never in my life thought that I would get to a place where my periods are not really that painful. Sometimes they can definitely be really, really pesky and really annoying depending on my level of stress. But if I am, you know, implementing my routines that best help me and best support my body, then I notice that it reflects in my periods, in my endometriosis symptoms. We have so much more control over our symptom management than we have been led to believe. The narrative that has been fed to us is one that indicates that we need to be leaning into these hormone suppressing medications in order to have a better quality of life. And yes, again, this can work for some people, but it's not going to work for everyone. And it did not work for me. So I came off of birth control about three years ago now, I think. And I have been holistically managing my endometriosis symptoms since. I honestly could not even begin to imagine getting back on the pill. Like you would literally, wait, I'm not gonna lie. I can't even imagine what that life would be like because I could never go back there. My mental health would 100% reject it. And I've come way too far to go back down that rabbit hole. But I have implemented so many habits and routines in my life that have better helped me. And I've been able to help teach my clients with endometriosis how to do the same. Everyone's going to need something a little bit differently. And that's why working with somebody who is knowledgeable on endometriosis is, you know, can be super, super helpful for you. Also, just recognizing that we have more power than we think. There are so many things that we can do day to day that can help better manage our symptoms. And it can really just start with us making sure we're eating enough food throughout the day, working on getting better sleep at night. I say all of this to say that there is another way and there are other options out there. You just have to find the ones that are best for you, but you want to make sure that you are making that educated and informed decision for yourself and that nobody else is making it for you. And that was a problem for me is that I was letting my medical provider make those decisions for me because I didn't know any better. And do I think he was a terrible person? Absolutely not. I don't think he was a bad person at all. I think he did what he knew how to do in that given moment. And that's, you know, realistically what anybody else would do, right? So fast forward to kind of where I'm at right now, three years post-hormonal birth control, managing my symptoms more holistically, noticing improvements in my endo symptoms, but still having persistent gut issues. So if you've been following me, like I mentioned earlier, I've been you know pretty open about my healing journey on Instagram. And I've been working with a practitioner now for the last six months, and we've been able to kind of get to the root of what's been driving a lot of my gut issues and therefore my endometriosis. So I have been struggling with intestinal parasites, H. pylori, SIBO, very many vitamin and mineral deficiencies, mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, liver congestion, estrogen dominance, insulin resistance, and the list just kind of goes on. 
So many different organ systems in my body are just in a place where they are not functioning optimally just because of the burden of being exposed to a moldy environment for many, many years. So the current apartment that I'm in right now, we've been here for about three years and it has black mold. The mold did not really become visible until about a couple months ago, but we've been here for three years. And honestly, I suspected that we had mold about a year and a half ago, just because my gut wasn't getting better despite being on some gut healing protocols. I was actually on a gut healing journey prior to the one I'm on right now, about a year and a half ago, and my symptoms just were not getting better. I was still having to cut out food and I was like, what is happening? Like I'm doing all the things, I'm checking off the boxes, I'm trying to get enough sleep, I've cut out my food triggers and I'm still having to cut out more. Mold is one of those things that can go on in the background and create a lot of health issues for people. It can create a lot of histamine issues. It can create a lot of gut issues, leaky gut syndrome. And if you're somebody who has an autoimmune disease or a condition like endometriosis, this can further amplify and drive your symptoms. And you guys, whenever I realized it was the mold, your girl was straight up defeated because the apartment I lived in before this also had mold and the amount of foods I've had to cut out over the last five to six years has been crazy and honestly it has left me feeling very kind of frustrated a little bit in the sense that it's just wild to think how much your environment can really impact your body and your health but I'm working with my practitioner I'm actually moving by the time this podcast drops I will have officially moved thank God, and we'll be moving into an environment without mold, which will hopefully set the stage for me and my gut to heal. Because realistically, as long as my gut is in this super inflamed place, it's going to be super hard for me to further manage my endometriosis symptoms. I also struggle with PMDD and histamine and PMDD are also very closely linked. So having all the histamine and mast cell activation syndrome from the mold toxicity has been a very big driver to a lot of my symptoms. And honestly, I am just super ready to close this chapter of my life and move forward. Will I still struggle with endo flares? Probably because endo has no cure at all. And honestly, I won't be mad if I have an endo flare because based on where I was at many years ago, like literally being in pain three weeks out of every month, I can literally do a couple days of pain flares and be okay. Will they suck? Absolutely. But y'all, like when you are used to being in pain almost every single day and you go to a place where you like, or you get to a place where you only have pain like a couple times a month, it's like, okay, girl, I can do it. I can do it. So, you know. And I do not say any of this to brag because I know so many women with endometriosis struggle so much with their health. I say this to inspire you guys and show you that there are other options and that there are other ways to manage your symptoms. Not every single person is going to be down for functional medicine and that is totally okay, but there's so much within our power that we can start implementing today, right? Endo is a lifelong disease, but we do not have to continue playing the narrative in our mind that we're going to forever be sick and we're hopeless and then this is it for us because this isn't right? Endo is just one part of our life. Whatever health issue you're experiencing, it is just one part of your life. It is not your complete identity. 
Mindset matters so much when you have a chronic illness and I'm not sitting here saying that it is in your head because I'm gonna be honest y'all, the narrative that is fed to us is not very hopeful. Imagine if we were told, hey, you have endometriosis and it's a lifelong chronic condition, but it can be very well managed with diet, lifestyle, and medications if needed. Like imagine if we were told that versus the fact that it's it's a chronic pain condition that we're going to have forever. There is no cure, right? Like the latter is definitely a more gloom and doom type option versus the first option where we're told like the reality of what we have going on, but that we can have a good quality of life if we take the time to focus on X, Y, and Z. I'm very big on preaching to my clients the importance of advocating for themselves. And I know most endo babes that I know are very good at this already because we unfortunately have to do this because unfortunately our healthcare system can do a very great job of gaslighting people. However, we do have the ability to take some power back. By taking the time to educate yourself, reaching out to other women who have endo and just learning what all of your options are can really, really, really help you when it comes to facing your doctor and advocating for yourself. There are doctors who have no idea what excision surgery is. And I know this for a fact because my OBGYN, I actually had to sit down and explain to her what excision surgery was. She told me it was not a practice surgery and I actually had to show her and tell her all about the surgeon I was meeting with and where he was located and she was flabbergasted y'all I was like wow you are literally in your mid-30s okay like you literally just finished up residency and you're a brand spanking new OBGYN and you are essentially the face of women's health right now and you don't understand or know that there is in fact excision surgery for endometriosis That is slightly terrifying. I did not mention this, but I have not yet had excision surgery. While excision surgery is the golden standard of treatment for endometriosis, it's unfortunately not accessible to everyone. It's very expensive. Insurance does not cover it a lot of the time. And I know my insurance did not cover it when I tried to have my surgery. Because of how much my endo symptoms have improved, I probably will not get surgery right now, but I probably will in the future. I just am not really in a place where I want to do that right now. And that is more than okay. We do not all have to take the same journey when it comes to managing our endometriosis symptoms. If you are somebody that suspects you might have endometriosis and you want to know how to better manage your endo symptoms, I want you to click back a couple episodes and check out my endometriosis podcast episode where I dive into endo much more in depth than I do in this episode and provide a bunch of helpful tips and resources to better help you on your healing journey with endometriosis. Us endo babes have to stick together always and knowledge is power. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast episode. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please share with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram and you can also leave a review. So be sure to tune in to next week's episode where I will have a guest and a friend, Megan, who is a women's health and fitness coach who will be sharing her experience with endometriosis. And then we'll be diving into other ways to better support your body on your health and your fitness journey. So like I mentioned, even if you don't have endo, you will find this episode helpful. So be sure to tune in and we'll see you guys next week.